In 2020-21, the people may be cutouts, but there are still games, and there are still tailgate shows, they're still broadcast, and through it all, there is still The Joe Beaver Show, a place to gather at proper distances to talk about it all, to talk about what we do have. And it looks like we're ready to give it one more try. So, such as it is, we're ready to give it one more try with John and Mike and the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, and welcome to another edition of the Joe Beaver Show. Uh, I'm John Warren, along with Mike Parker, welcoming you in on a gorgeous Tuesday. Today's April 27th, and we are getting down to crunch time. But I heard Mike the other day telling somebody, I don't remember who, that we're, uh, we're only halfway through the Pac-12 season. So there's uh, there's five weeks left in the regular season that I can count because as of yesterday, five we- five weeks from yesterday is Memorial Day, and that's usually, well, that is when uh, the NCAA selection announces baseball regional teams. Things are a little bit different this year as they're going to mention or come up with uh, sites for the NCAA regionals prior to that, and then they'll fill in the, the blanks, and we kind of brought that up as to how's that going to work. We haven't really delved into it because we haven't gotten that close, but that is something that's kind of on the back burner we'll, we'll think about as it gets closer to the date of, of uh, those selection sites and then how they'll be filled. But again, five weeks left, even though we're almost to May, which will be this weekend when Oregon State is taking on UCLA. Big show today with several guests. Uh, Brian Holsinger is going to join us, Doc. That's a great get. And you got the head coach of Loyola Marymount. I know we were hoping for a sports information director, and we ended up getting the head coach. I went through the sports information director, which is always the right thing to do and a principle that should always be followed uh, rather than you know go rogue and go maverick and just try to get people on your own. So... I went through the sports information director at LMU uh, for baseball, and I just asked, hey, we're looking for somebody who could give us a little bit of background uh, on your team this year, on LMU baseball mm-hmm, history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so in the original text uh, and email, both I used, but just said, so, you know, that could be you to, to the SID. Sure, sure. If you have a broadcaster that does live streams, just a, a local Kip Carlson. I didn't say it because I didn't know if they would know Kip, but I just said somebody who's a historian yeah, I don't, I don't think they would. for LMU Sports. Mm-hmm. And he just wrote back and said, would you like the head coach? And, well, sure. You know, it's game day. But <laughs> yeah, Nathan Choate. And, and I'm looking forward to the conversation with Nathan to find out about his club, yes. But yeah. his first coaching job as he began his career First as a director of baseball ops at UC Irvine. The following year, he was his first year as an assistant with UC Irvine. Mm. And they played the Beavers in Omaha in yeah, 07. Right. I saw that. Yeah, he's he's been to a number of schools, mostly in the Southland, mostly in the uh, West Coast Conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, West Coast Conference and Big West. He has a lot of years under his belt, but a, a couple of years with Loyola Marymount. And I, I, I kept working my way down. I wanted to get, where did he play? Where did he play? He pitched right. for Cal Poly. For Cal Poly for two years. 
Santa Ana Junior College to Cal Poly. But anyway, Nathan, kind enough to join us. We'll learn a little bit about the LMU program. They have. I don't. I'm asking you now. Yeah. I don't think you have. I know I haven't. I've never seen their ballpark. I still, you know, today will only see it via the live stream. Which, in visiting with the SID, they are not novices in the live stream world. I had been told that. They didn't offer a live stream, but that person was basing that simply on looking at the Oregon State schedule page Mm -hmm. and the choice of watch, watch, watch. In all the other games, you see an option to watch or listen or whatever. Well, last week, there wasn't one for Irvine until the last second. Until late, and then LMU didn't have one either. So I think people were... Deducing, name that play. The game, you know, where we're all trying to figure everything out. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, it means he was out at first. Yeah, he got picked off. <laughs> he got picked. The, the first baseman well, was walking around where he should be. Walking around instead of holding the runner on. I guess the guy got picked. Unless he was trying to do the ball, the hidden you know, ball trick. Hidden ball trick. <laughs> that's that's a good that's a good point. <laughs> so they do have a live stream, and in conversing with their SID, Stephen, he said, yeah, and we've done all of our games this year, and we sometimes have four cameras. Oh. Now, oh. he said, we, he said we, we will have three, and we may have a fourth, and it's student run, but it sounds like we may have a better situation than, than yeah. maybe we had this past weekend. We'll see. No, that, that's, uh, that's a big time. If you can get more than two cameras— and certainly they'll cover. You need the whole field covered. Yeah. So if the ball goes in the corner, around a corner that mm-hmm. the first camera can't see, right. like we experienced on a couple of our broadcasts, you need that, that other camera that can show you where it is and where it's going. Now, Student Run can also tell you that, I don't know if that means camera people or if that also means in the director's chair. Because the director is the most important one on choices of what shot you get to see. I don't know how many of you, and if you care to weigh in, I, I know on the broadcasts at home, occasionally, I, I do try to enumerate the camera people. Yeah, the I heard director, you. The director, Sal Calora. Remember how I said, I don't know what Sal's last name mm-hmm. is, Sal or whatever. <laughs> you know, I, I was making something up. It is Sal Calora, who is the veteran of the crew. But they're Now, are those guys... They're not students, are they? No, Sal's not a student. A couple of the other camera people are, uh-huh. first and third. Sal, when he's there, works the plate, and you've got a non-student as the director back wherever that's originating from. That's Jeff Peterson, isn't it? No, it's not. It's not F. Okay. Peterson. No. And Sal would be a guy that would be kind of overseeing yes. the students? Yes, yeah. and, and also running a camera. Yeah. But for those of you who have watched... The various live streams, where does Oregon State's come in? I'm serious. I, you may say, well, they're not as good as... Eh. But I'd like to think the Oregon State live stream is the best. I don't know, though. I do, and because I, I, I never think, see it. I think it is. Okay. Because I had to work those games, and you're working the games you're working. You came in and saw some of the games that Jimmy and I were doing. Right. And Oregon State, yeah. Yeah, and so... And that's not a Homer thing. No. That's it, camera angles graphics all of that and back in the in the days when i was in another part of the booth and had a monitor yeah i was a, a quasi director <laughs> because i would ask hey can, hey you know sal can you run the camera over here oh okay yeah it looks like there yeah there, there is a situation on the well they can learn from you or whoever's doing that they can learn from that even sal they can learn mm-hmm. look 
when you watch network television, often a thought that was not planned that comes from an analyst or or yeah. a play-by-play guy, the director in the booth, you can tell they're scrambling, okay, find that graphic, find that graphic, or anything that they can put up to bolster <clears throat> what those guys are talking about. Exactly. And they will. And the other way around as well. If the if the booth puts up a graphic, a producer might say in the play-by-play guys here, all right, talk about this record. Right. So it, it's back and forth. But a, a lot of times the, the truck will follow the announcers. That's true. No, and it, and it works out oftentimes very well. It's yeah. easy. I think it's easy enough if, 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 again, there's just sort of a natural flow to things. Yeah, we right. can get a shot right. of that as it's asked for. Like if you were to say, well, I'm not sure if there's any – activity in the bullpen right. i've seen osu guys just shoot over that. shoot to mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. they're following what you're saying they also have at this page stadium at lmu and perhaps we can talk to coach choate about it they have if i read their literature right and i still haven't gotten a good look at the ballpark they have a blue monster in left field oh. 37 feet now the green monster at fenway is 37 feet 23 inches. The blue monster at LMU is 37 feet. They've missed the 23 inches evidently, but maybe in 1893 it was 37, 23, and they brought it down. I mean, I don't know. But it's 37 feet for a blue monster in straightaway left, which makes it unique. They also have a manual scoreboard on that left field fence where they're they have human beings. Okay, there's a story Yeah, there. and so we'll ask Coach Choate a little bit about it. I mean, yeah. I know that that's not his, yeah, well, I, you know, when I get a chance, I like to go out there and call the game from the uh, manual <laughs> scoreboard. I mean, he's got a lot of other things on his plate as the head coach of LMU, but I think he'll give us a sense of the, sounds like kind of quaint, uh, old-fashioned nature yeah, yeah. of the ballpark the Beavers will be in the next couple of days. Well, and, and if they have that, you know there's a story, and, and it's got to be something along the lines of, oh, we wanted to copy this, right. and it's been around for 50 years, mm-hmm. something along those lines. I've driven by there. Isn't it in Malibu uh, or It's not. It's Malibu's Pepperdine? further north, yes, and, and Pepperdine's in Malibu. That's what I've driven north, by with yeah. Matthew. But I've, I've never seen this ballpark, I don't think, on route – to Marina Del Rey, yes. en route, you go by Loyola Marymount. Yeah, because there's like a big letters on the hillside. Yes, yes, yeah. you do. So you see that either coming from the freeway from the east right. or as you're coming from LAX and heading up the coast highway. Mm-hmm. I've driven by LMU many times, and I've, I've never really, I think the ballpark could be in view off that highway, but I don't know for sure. Well, I look forward to talking to Coach. Yeah, Choke, I mean they're though. they're right there. Think about it. you have LMU, Pepperdine, mm-hmm. uh, UCLA, USC, and then Irvine gets into Orange County, but Cal only, State Northridge. Yeah, and only the fourth time that the Beavers have played this team, mm-hmm. which really surprises me, because in the sport of baseball, you're always trying to fill non-conference schedules, and you'd think that over the years, a quick trip to LA to maybe play. These two schools that the Beavers have played, I'm surprised they haven't done that more often. And apparently, this will be the first game between the two schools on one of the other's yes, home field. That's correct. That is true. That's strange. And it's the Beavers at LMU tonight will be on the air at 5:30. I'm also told, and it was disappointing news to hear when Stephen said, "Now your first pitch is that 02, 03, 05." <laughs> Straight up. Oh, we shoot for straight up. So that means a straight up pitch at six, yeah. which just 
required the shortening of all things in the pregame, which I've already gotten in the can, fairly quick conversations with Kyle Fromke. Yeah. Interesting kid. Uh, hit the pinch hit home run to give mm-hmm. the Beavers the lead in the Sunday game that I thought was going to be a game winner for the Beavers. A big moment for him. And came over from Oregon. And played, began his career at Oregon. Now that, you know, that, that's a, in a sense, a long story in itself, just as Wade Meckler, how did you end up a Beaver? Can you give us the short version? Well, it's actually a long story. Well, <laughs> take it from a novella into a short story if you could, please. And we will explore that down the road with Wade. Yeah. But the upshot is Kyle uh, just he, he it wasn't a great fit for him. Yeah. Down the road. But he's he's an intriguing player. Six four two oh five, a shortstop. Played a lot of shortstop at Oregon. Came into Oregon as a shortstop. He can play third. He can play short. He can play second. He can play first. Mm-hmm. He hit five home runs in 20 games at Santa Barbara City College last year. So the pop, he also had four doubles. He's got some pop in the bat, and to come up cold off the bench and when he hasn't had an A.B. for a long time yeah. and to leave the yard just showed, okay, that's in him. He's got something in him, and plus some defensive skills. And he, he broke his hand trying to get a bunt down in the summer, he told me, and right back in – the Texas Collegiate Summer League. So his right index finger mm. hasn't fully healed from that. So throwing has been a bit of an issue. He said, I'm getting better, though, working on it, feeling more comfortable. But when he gets to be 100% there, in terms of his defensive ability, he, he's, he's got some tools. Yeah. And so whether we see him get an – normally Mitch rolls things over, as he did with Matthew Gretler. He starts Gretler. Gretler hits a home run against Portland. Mm-hmm. Matthew goes down and – gets more opportunities uh, against UCI and delivers. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling, you know, you do that in a game. Fromke hits, get pinch hit home run, we'll probably see him. Whether he's in the starting lineup or not, that's may, not necessarily the case. But I think we'll, get it, we'll see more of him in the next couple of days against LMU. He's the pregame show guest along with Ryan Gibson. And I asked Ryan some of the questions that were being proffered here yesterday and – uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, with respect to Jacob, I, I think we'll see him this weekend against UCLA. That's all I can say. And I, I, maybe even maybe even tonight and tomorrow at LMU, but I expect to see him against UCLA this weekend, which is important. And that's guy. good Good yeah. news. Good news. Uh, Without- a couple of other uh, – a player was asked about, not really – I can't really talk about that at the present, but uh, – We'll we'll work on all things and messages as we go and trying to frame them properly in the days ahead. So you have piqued my interest. Well, there's just anyway, I'm trying to honor the, the people Absolutely. writing in, calling in and asking questions. We and appreciate that your you've interest attempted in the program. To, you've attempted to get yeah, that information. Seeking answers. Still seeking. And sometimes full the information is not for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Which is fine. That's fine. You can tell me, but it's not for everyone. <laughs> no, you can't. You, there's times you don't even tell me. There's times you won't it's, even tell it's me. Ter- so you are a secret keeper. So am I, actually. We all have to be at times in this life. You do if you if you want to go back to the well. We've got uh, <laughs> Brian Holsinger, as you mentioned, coming up at 12.05. So a busy second hour in terms of guests. We are hoping to have, uh, with 
the announcement coming tomorrow about the NCAA Women's Golf Regional and where the Beavers are going, we hope to have uh, maybe even two guests tomorrow with respect to Mm -hmm. women's golf. Head coach Don Shockley, maybe even a player. We're working on that. Uh, I've been intrigued by Issy Taylor's story coming from the Gold Coast in Australia and uh, to the Beaver program. And so we're making an effort to try to connect with her and have her on the show. She just had the Beavers' best score at the Pac-12s and has an interesting story coming to the program from Australia. And I think that you'll enjoy, uh, will enjoy getting to hear that story when the opportunity presents itself. I was very surprised to see how poorly they did. It's not a negative thing, Mm -hmm. but they were so hot coming into the Pac-12 tournament, and, and Ellie Slama as well. We had her on mm-hmm. as a guest last week mm-hmm. for the uh, for the podcast, and it just didn't go well. They can't finish in eighth place. That one that surprised me, and that's fine. You just, yeah, you know, it's not you're like you're going to win everything. The thing I did like is the way they closed. They got better yeah. with each round and had their best They're, day by yeah. far on Sunday. We'll talk to Coach Shockley about all of that in the days ahead. In the meantime, if there's anything you'd like to reflect on, 497-5356 on the Downward Dog Sports Line. The University Honda text line is the same number, 541-497-5356. And a player that through your efforts, mine, Josh Wardens, a former player at LMU, speaking of their baseball history, that I'm trying to track down. We'll talk about that former player next. They had a former player at LMU make his Major League debut last night. We'll talk about that and more, and maybe a little bit with Coach Choate on that front. As we continue, we thank you for joining us today on the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. Have you tried to trade in or sell your RV? Was the offer from the RV dealer embarrassingly low? Garrity will give you $500 if we can't beat any Oregon dealer's written offer on your late model RV in good condition. My name is Tanya and I live in Harrisburg. We used our trailer a few times last fall and it was just too small for our family. Guarantee made us a good faith offer for our RV that we couldn't refuse. Now we have the perfect RV and the kids love the bunk beds. Trailers, fifth wheels, toy haulers, motorhomes, they all qualify for cash for campers my name is chet and i live in eugene guarantee made it so easy they picked up my old rv and swapped it out for a brand new one with plenty of storage and a beautiful new kitchen uh, they even paid off my existing loan text sell my rv to 55678 for special offers or visit guarantee.com that's sell my rv to 55678 guarantee rv here to help you sell or trade your rv with no hassles and no gimmicks The track is calling, the streets are calling, and Yamaha answers the call with the next generation of super sport performance. The 2021 Yamaha R1 and R1M are now available at Power Motorsports. Visit Power Motorsports in Sublimity and see the Yamaha R1 and R1M in person. Online at PowerMotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, riding jacket, or long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eaves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. So if you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group. 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first.
Middleton Heating has served the Mid-Valley for over 72 years and is still here to help you 24 hours a day. Middleton can repair, replace, or maintain all types of heating and cooling equipment. AC causing you trouble? Need repairs or replacement? Give Middleton Heating a call. For new equipment, Middleton offers several financing options and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. And don't forget Middleton's custom sheet metal shop is still taking orders, large or small. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, and sheet metal needs. Online at Middleton Heating Net. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. Come see me at my new location at 3335 Ferry Street Southwest in Albany or give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Welcome back to the Joe Beaver Show, where both Mike Parker and John Warren are not only experts in sports talk radio, but also the current state of social media. I need to post way more pictures of myself on Instagram. The world needs to see this. And here's the humble men themselves, Mike Parker and John Warren on the Joe Beaver Show. All right, welcome back to the uh, Joe, Joe Beaver Show. Glad to have you along. Kip just uh, texted in. I want to see his text here on the University Honda text line, which, by the way, is um, 541-497-5356, 541-497-5356. Brian Holsinger will join us in the next hour, and Nathan Choate, the head coach of Loyola Marymount. Um, smaller schools and, and younger coaches tend to make themselves available. Although this year we've had a good run, haven't we, Doc, with uh, both uh, David Shaw and, you know, legendary Hall of Fame coaches, I think in the future, for David Shaw and um, women's basketball coach uh, Tara Vanderveer because of the thread that Stanford had to be on the road so long with their programs. Uh, because of California and Santa Clara County and all that. So those two coaches, legendary coaches, came on the Joe Beaver Show. Uh, Kip writes in, if you get a chance, check out LMU's ballpark on Google Earth. I have not played with Google Earth since, gosh, 15 years ago when it first came out. However long it's been. And computers were slower and you had the old... uh, the old running system XP or whatever it was, and this new thing Google Earth came out. I'm oh, this is so cool, and I'm playing around with it for I don't know a day, and then that's it. So I forgot about it. Yeah, I guess you they still have it. I'm surprised. I'm I'm imagining too that it's a lot more um, uh, detailed. I remember once looking at our house and. It was an older car that we hadn't had in quite a while. So I saw that they took that picture a long time <laughs> before that. So now I'm going to look at Google Earth and check out their ballpark. Uh, looks, He says like it's about 320 down the left field line. And that is the direction the wind would be blowing coming in off the nearby Pacific. So uh, you want your right-handed bats in, I suppose. Go all right-handed lineup uh, for for that ballpark. But, yeah, I'd like to know, Kip, too, the history of the the uh, the big blue wall. I, I assume you got to get it over the top, right? There's no lines on those walls, right, Doc? Usually not, but I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, at Fenway, you have to hit it above the yeah. 37, yeah. 23 mark. Yes. So anyway, that that's an interesting wall situation there. So thanks, Kip, for that. And um, uh, Mike in Seattle was wondering about Bobby D. No, that's Santa Clara. 
And that's it as far as text. So text in. I came across a story this morning. Oh, it was Oregon. They they lose one of their top players in Mike Sell to the transfer portal. Taylor Mike Sell. And it seems like I'm doing a story every day on Mm -hmm. the transfer portal. And I just throw out there. I mean, we can debate it for the longest amounts of time, but transfer portal, good or bad, go. (laughs) That's really all you got to say. I know. Good or bad, go. Because... I really don't know. You can benefit from it as, uh, you know, Warith Alatiche is a great example of that. Or you can be hurt by it. And not only that, but the new ruling, too, that you don't have to sit out a year, save for you can only do that one time. Now, there are some players who will go, like this uh, Mike Sell player came from Maryland for one year, and Mm -hmm. now it's going going Mm -hmm. on. So it's, it's something that just keeps coming into play. And slowly I'm noticing article after article where coaches are weighing in, and big-name basketball people, Dick Vitale, and, of course, he's way against it. He's had a couple of things on it, postings on Twitter. And other uh, you know, former coaches, they're, they're starting to weigh in on it a little bit at a time because there hasn't been a sample size big enough to see what the ramifications or the benefits are to the transfer portal and how easy it is for players to come and go. As a father figure and a father... And the way I was brought up, I don't like it because you make a commitment to other people. It's not about you. It's about what, you know, other people. And you make a commitment to them. Now, if your situation is absolutely horrendous and really, really bad, and you just, you can't stand it, and you got to go, whatever. Like Henry Steele at Henry uh, Steele. Western University. Look what Henry Steele did. Nah, you know, he did he enter the transfer portal? Red hot poker? No, he, he did he did. Leave. Yes. I can go anywhere I want, he said to G.D. Spradley. He can, but he stuck out that year to prove <laughs> that he would get the scholarship <laughs> back. True. And we don't know where he ended up. I don't think he scored very much uh, in you his ensuing years. don't think Henry's years. career was really Not, that good. He had a good career after going to that fictional Colorado school uh, that that was supposed to be in Los Angeles. But anyway, uh, bigger sample sizes as they come. We're going to hear from other other former big-name uh, announcers or coaches on the transfer portal. I just think – I remember Sandy Sandego, great man. He, yes. he was a longtime trainer with men's basketball, and he went with uh, Eddie Payne down to South Carolina upstate and just through – uh, Facebook, I see that he stayed there and he's raising, you know, his family, his kids are all getting older now. It's really strange to see that. But, um, I remember having a conversation with him one time while filling in for you. And he was, he just made the comment in passing while talking about transfers, um, about, you know, not liking it. Just, you know, I, I can't stand it when, when kids come and go like that, you know, Mm -hmm. you're, you're bailing on people and you're, you know, you're you're not following through and all of that. And those are the t- mm-hmm. things that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, okay, all right, well, that's interesting. And that was well before the portal and, and making it easy. But the portal has now become a place where, and then there's one other factor. And we, again, we don't have to talk about this, but eventually we will. And there's one other aspect about the portal that has some dangers to it that nobody has brought up. Nobody. And I thought about it. And that is, it's going to entice more uh, possible chicanery in that guys will, or, or teams, coaches may nefariously continue to recruit a player after they sign and are playing for another team. And I know for a fact, I was told by a coach, and it was many years ago, decades ago, that that's, that went on before the portal because sure. they knew that players might want to transfer one day. So they would continue the relationship, which is 
not only is it not legal per the NCAA rules, but it's also not cool to your your colleagues, if you will. <laughs> well, oh, John, I know. And you may have been the first to raise that as a possible uh, consequence of the easy entry into the portal, that relationships that have been built could continue to be plied mm-hmm. in said portal and before. But you're right that it, that always goes on and has been going on forever. And a certain part of me, to be honest with yeah. you, I, I understand the commitment part and the idea that you go in and you're committing to you are committing to a head coach who's recruited you, mm-hmm. an assistant coach, and in theory to a group of people on a team that you're going to grow and live and learn with and have a commitment. We're, right. a, team, we're a team together. And I, and, I see that and understand it and, and respect yourself. it. I do know that the – I do sense that the NCAA – a couple of things here. One is the pressure – now, with name, image, and likeness coming, and with mm-hmm. the sense of comp- you know, the the need to to the perceived need, the believed, the conviction that the players have have been helping our universities and our athletic departments in the major programs to make us untold millions of dollars in wealth right. and so on. The only people not getting a piece of that are the the players, the workers themselves, who are providing that high wealth and income anything that would impinge on the liberty and freedom without yet having committed fully (laughs) to some sort of uh, Mm -hmm. increased compensatory system the ncaa is bending over backwards i think to try to without a plan yet in place about how you're going to do that to give the student athlete a greater degree of freedom free agency to go where he or she pleases rather than pull back on that which could then add even more heat to the rhetoric that you don't even leave they're stuck they're they're you know they're indentured servants or whatever (laughs) so all of the the trend has been towards more freedom for players and i think part of that is the ncaa feeling pressure to make it easier to for players to come and go and i understand why they would lean in that direction rather than the other Make it easier rather than harder. Uh, yeah, as a diversionary tactic. In a sense, yes. And also there's an argument, I suppose, in theory for we do talk about these young people as student athletes, but we don't we don't necessarily get bent out of shape if I start if I start in one discipline at a university and you know, we, well, you're not on a team if you're just a student in the general population. So if you want to go from Oregon State to Washington State, more power to you. Mm-hmm. And then I get to Washington State, eh, I don't really like this one either. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try Iowa State next. <laughs> I mean, the general student population is free to do that. Why wouldn't any student well, be free to do that? Because they're, they're not affecting anybody else but themselves. It's well, just about them going to school where they want to go to school. Mm-hmm. But an athlete is committed to a group of people that are... Staying yes. with a commitment. Yes, yeah. Now, I feel like in the long run themselves by yes. not staying yes. with a commitment. Yes, yeah. Now, I feel like in the long run themselves by yes. not, not staying yes. with a commitment. Yes, yeah. Now, I, I get you, John. I mean, I, and, I know... And, and that, I know Oregon State will get players. I'm not trying to disparage the, the process. The portal giveth and taketh away. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know where I stand on it. Yeah. If you have, if any of you have any thoughts, if you you see every day a new story, a new player in the portal gone, I 
I don't know if there's a there's not an easy answer to it, but if you have a thought or a comment, just how it's affecting you as a fan, because all of these things touch home. The great Jerry Lee Lewis tune today, I can feel it touching home. He sang about all the you know all of the stories about pain and Never heard of loss it. of relationships. <laughs> and, oh, that's too bad for you, you know, Jerry. <laughs> The guy singing the song is, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah separate, oh, I'm sorry. But then today, <laughs> I can feel it touching home. He finally understands, and we certainly are, every program feels yeah. it touching yeah. home. Every program. Yep. Loses some and gains some. There are hundreds in the yeah. portal. Thousands. Which maybe. is great. Yeah. It's great if you're a school that needs a quick fix. So if you have any thoughts about all of this, I mean, I, I, I lean more towards... It's not the best of all worlds that we're in, but if Warith Alatiche sees a better opportunity at a bigger school and leaves Nichols State to come to Oregon State, good for him. At at the very least, now for for graduate transfers, it's always going to be this way. But at the very least, I'm glad they they implemented the rule. If you're going to transfer, you got to sit out a year for your second transfer. Yeah, yeah, I got you. So that at least mm-hmm. will kind of. Tip, might mitigate you know, things yeah, a bit. Yeah. Okay. Four nine seven fifty three fifty six. In our next segment, after we talk to Mike and anybody else who might like to jump in on this one, if you have just a sort of a, uh, it could be an immediate knee jerk reaction sure, to transfer portal news, the daily transfer portal wire. It's it's like reading the waiver wire in the old days in the agate in the newspaper transactions. It feels like that every I used, used to, to read those every day. Used to read them every day. First thing I'd go to sometimes yeah. transactions. Who's been sent down? Who's been called up? Who's yeah. been traded? Who's been released? Fired? Whatever. Yep. Transactions. <laughs> and it feels as though you know if we had a daily page to go to like that, it would be well read. The one section in the sports page I would skip every time. Jurisprudence. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I didn't that care. That also grew as, as I didn't time care. Went by. Yeah, it Let's grew go, too yeah. much. We'll go to Mike. With Jeff on deck, open phones and text lines. But don't let me forget about the former LMU player. Yeah. I find an interesting story, and I'm hoping we can get him on the show tomorrow. That's how interesting I find him. Mike, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Well, good morning, you guys. So, Johnny, you know, you're thinking really old-fashioned, if you ask me, <laughs> um, on the transfers and the portal. And the portal is only a tool to allow – kind of their information to get out there. I would agree with you, John, if the coaches couldn't cut the player after one or two years. You know, those scholarships are a one-year renewable contract. Mm -hmm, That's right. And they can sit down with those players either during the season or at the end of the season, and they can talk talk across the table and say, "Um, I just don't see you in our future, and it's time to leave. And so I think it's it's great it's a two-way street. I think that's the way our society is built, on freedom and choice. You know, if you get tired of KEJO, you know, you can go to KXL in Portland at the drop of a hat, you know, unless you have a contract. So, and I would miss you, uh, and it would hurt us. <laughs> yeah, What's see? That? It affects And I'm saying, to, I'm saying to John, if he made that choice, we're a team here at 1240 Joe Radio, and that would hurt yeah. me, and I'd miss him. So, But he's, yeah. free, he's free to do that nevertheless. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and if you think about our society and our and uh, and the people of the USA. Everybody has a choice to go do something. 
uh, although I'm going by Fort Lewis right now in Seattle area, mm-hmm. and those Army soldiers, those those guys do have a commitment they have to make. But in everything else, everybody's got a contract that they agree to, or they can be moved on. Um, and so I don't I don't see it as a problem. I I think it's a game changer. I I do. I think the name in it. I think the name, image, and likeness is a game changer, but um, I think it'll settle out and it'll put more onus on the coaches and the programs, you know, to do good jobs yes. of magnetizing their programs so that the players want to stay there, even though they're not a starting player anymore, you know, so something like that. So yeah. uh, I, okay. I think it's inevitable. It's hard to put the toothpaste back into the tube now. <laughs> Well, that's, that's true. We're not point. going back. Mike, thanks for the call. Drive safely, yep. please. Good to hear from you. I do have retort for that. We okay. can do it later. Let's get to Jeff, who you may have a retort for him as yeah. well. We'll see. <laughs> Jeff, thanks for calling. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Yeah, good morning, guys. I'll make this short because Mike took all my good stuff. <laughs> um, so, John, I'll, I'll just defer right now and let you retort. Okay. Um, Jeff, thanks for the yeah, call, thanks sir. Thanks for the we call, Jeff. It. Well, not a fight. It's not a yeah. fight. There's no, because I'm really. I, I know. I'm, I can tell you're ambivalent I'm about it. I'm ambivalent about it. it, but I can see problems. And I can see problems from, does it make everybody better or does it not? I, it sounds like like uh, Mike is kind of gi- giving it with the, let's just open it up. Everybody's free and, mm-hmm. and we're all free. Right. Okay, well, if we keep <clears> going <throat> that direction, then it's just a free-for-all of selfishness. And where is it that there's any responsibility? That's one way of looking at it down the road. Mm-hmm. Another way of looking at it is, yes, I understand that the players um, ha- have, you know, can have their, their scholarships pulled. It rarely happens. Uh, if you even put in half an effort, it rarely happens to have a scholarship pulled after one year for no reason other than they can do it. Secondly, we've learned more and more in this day and age about playing time, you know, Going back to Mike's days here with, you know, uh, the great teams that Ralph Miller had and the way we grew up. And again, I'm trying to verbalize it so I don't sound like old man on a lawn, get Mm -hmm. off my lawn Mm -hmm. at all, because I I don't feel that way completely. But the first sign of I don't I'm not getting playing time, I'm out of here. And yeah. we, we yeah. would sit, I would be happy to have been the 13th guy on my varsity high school bench. Right. I got right. cut my sophomore year and, you know, I was short and whatever. But I would have done anything just to be a part of that team and not get any playing time. And what about the 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 guys who uh, go to practice and work out every day with a good attitude? Mm-hmm. And, you know, a guy is, is 7 or 8 and he's not getting any playing time and they just bail. I You see that far too often and that's... Uh, that's disconcerting. I agree that it is. I mean, and it's also difficult, you know, for Wayne Tinkle and all. I, I saw a headline today. I didn't have a chance to read the article. I can assume I may be wrong, though. Did I, I saw a headline across my feed. No time to get into it with right. a fire hose. Of, you know, it's just a, all the time. The headline said, Jim Beheim weighs in on transfer portal. I saw that. You too. saw the headline. Yeah, but did you no. open the article? No. Now. I assume, but I may be wrong. He may he may go the other way with it. You know, it could be that Beheim. My presumption is that he railed against it. Oh, it's just, yeah. He might have gone the other way, and I think coaches who go the other way and and roll with the direction we're going and what the world is and how things are trending, 
rather than fight it and resent it and rail against it, Bayheim strikes me. I haven't read the article yet, but yeah. my as I looked at the headline, I thought that's a good headline because it wants you to click to see, oh, Bayheim's probably going to rip on it. I wouldn't be shocked if I go back. I, I'm just telling you up front. I haven't looked at a bit of it, but I wouldn't be shocked if I go back and do read that headline yeah. that yeah. he might have gone the other way. No, I hear you and on that. And that coaches who say, hey, <laughs> look, the – the portals, you know, so many people are going into that world, and we comb it every day. Oh, I remember him. We mm-hmm. recruited him out of high mm-hmm. school. I, it creates a whole new set of challenges, and it's different, and the rosters are in more flux than ever before. Yeah. But it just becomes a new part of the job, a new part of what your your own accountability in your own program is. And as Mike said, People like Coach Tinkle and Coach Rupp and Coach Thompson and Marlon Stewart and the culture at Oregon State, right. even with players leaving. I mean, those are young guys that we liked, mm-hmm. you know, that have left. Aaron Big Tuck, yeah. Julian uh, Frank, uh, Julian For, Franklin, right. Tariq Silver, all guys that had moments of, of import during the Beavers' run to the Elite Eight, all good kids, mm-hmm. good guys. I, they, they now think they can get onto a bigger platform and stage. I don't begrudge them. I don't know, and think that they're bad kids or bad dudes or somehow weak in their commit. I don't look at it that way. Not in the age we're in now. I think there was a time period where people just bailing quickly. Yeah. In a different era, you could maybe, maybe attribute a weakness in character in certain situations like that. But I... I don't see it that way really at all. I do think coaches, the one thing that makes it difficult is I think coaches have to be a bit more conscientious during the course of a year, Yeah, a given year. If they like a certain player and see them as a big part of the future of the program, yeah. then I do think that you pick your spots in terms of some of the criticisms. Mm-hmm. Maybe you even lower the, the, the level of the rhetoric when you're really mad at somebody. And 20 years ago, what are you doing? Could become, <laughs> hey, you know what? Let's look at it this way. <laughs> and and then getting a little more playing time here and there for certain players in games where maybe you wouldn't 20 years ago. But, but because you're finessing that whole world now, you've got – to me, it makes you, the job harder – Yes. But it make it does make the job harder and it's yes. already a hard job, but I do think it also makes the coaches of these programs perhaps even a little more circumspect in the way they go about interacting with their players and it, it's not as though you have to change your style and just be, you know, soft touching everything well, all the time and never getting upset, but I do think that there's always now a sense of of a conscientiousness and awareness about that these days. And that may in itself not be a bad thing either. Well, I, I I know I say, no, I, I, uh, no, I mean, no, it it makes you have to soften up and I, I go for toughness over softness. I know. And and that's when now the bigger picture is now in the whole process, the vetting process, the recruiting process, you do everything you can, all your due diligence and yeah. work to to get people either through the portal or out of high school in the AAU circuit mm-hmm. that you have a real sense of the character, as Ray Scarborough, the late baseball scout, said, the character, the inner half, 
what drives a particular player, you may still end up being surprised. And there, there could be those real high-character, hard-working, mm-hmm, work mm-hmm. ethic, team-oriented type kids who still end up seeing greener grass somewhere else. That's possible. Yeah. But I think it does place an onus to have an even more diligent approach, thoroughgoing approach, knowing that, hey, that's so volatile that we'd like to get people that are, we really sense will be committed for a pretty long haul here in our program. You're, tr- you're right. Rocky's on the phone. Okay. But, but there's no doubt that now imprinted in the minds of a coach is, yes. if I don't give this kid what he wants, he's going to bail. That could be. But, but if you've recruited a kid that you have those fear, I think you, you'll re- tend to recruit less often players that you have a fear could jump at the first sniff of something better or they don't like something you said in practice. Right. Somehow I think through that whole process you got to get a feel how much can this kid be coached? Right. Is he willing to be coached? She's willing to be coached, et cetera. Let's go to Rocky on the downward dog phone line. It's a tough issue. It's complicated, yeah. multi-layered. Rocky, what do you think? Well, some of the points you've been making about the players and the coaches and everything is, is fine, and I don't disagree necessarily with anything there. Well, I think what will get hurt is the bonding of the fans with the team, players, et cetera, the school, mm-hmm. and it's going to get to the point where fans are going to say, well, the kids are coming and going, and it's hard to get you know, get to know them, and I'm not going to pay that high uh, fee for tickets besides the tickets or donation. I'm not going to pay that and take the costs for a team where it's hard to really bond with them. Yep. And I think that's, that's a big, could be a big factor because that's going to be bucks in the university's hands. I mean, it could be financially not a good thing for, for most schools, not all of them, but for a lot of schools. Rocky, you raise a great point. I think you're right. I think our, I mean, I think you're right to raise the point, and I think you may be right about how some college athletic fan, fans of collegiate athletics, might take that view and be a little less interested. The, the, the thing that has made you know, Scott Ruick's program, for example, with women's hoops, don't we, we fall in love with the players as they come in and we see them Absolutely. grow and they're here for four years and it's a, it's a beautiful thing and the relationship's built in the community with the fan base that you're referring to, Rocky. It, to me, that's been one of the great things about OSU women's basketball in particular, that reciprocated yeah. love affair. Yeah, can you imagine a Pivik coming for just one year or two maybe? Yeah. I, yes, I can. That whole, <laughs> that whole good feeling I know. thing would be not, it wouldn't exist. It would oh. be different. It would be yes, different. It would. I, it w- I'm not sure... It, that it wouldn't exist, it wouldn't maybe as enriching. I hear what you're saying, Rocky. It's a good point. But I also think fans, like we like to see winning teams and winning basketball and winning football, whatever else. And so that I think we would all, in terms of, well, there may be some original, when you say, well, I'm not even going to get season tickets. I don't know who these players are. Would change if those players that you said, I'm not going to invest in, win the Pac-12 tournament, go to the Elite Eight. You know, right. I mean, well, that's, we're going to get on happen. board. We're going to get on board with that. Right. Before the uh, Pac-12 tournament, for better or worse, there's a lot of um, kind of uh, fan base that was kind of like, yeah, we're rooting for the Beavers. Uh, when do they play? <laughs> right. No, I know. <laughs> I've lost track. I know. And yeah. uh, so, you know, there's that. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, I don't know. if I'll tell you what, if the university has a top, top team 
it's always going, then they're going to draw the fans anyway. Right. Then that's right. But you better you better be pretty good, uh, you know, as far as your team goes, um, or you, you know that's going to be an additional factor there where you're going to have uh, fans just kind of oh you know they're just not going to be into it as much. And I saw that last year with the COVID thing. Mm-hmm. You start losing some interest because it's hard to keep up with the change in schedules and the cancellations and all that. So that's an unusual event, hopefully. Right. But I think that's that's the one they have to they have to think about that hard too. Who's they hopefully though? Who's who's they? They have to think about it. You're right, but I mean the consequences, Rocky. Sounds like <laughs> I don't think, as Mike said, the toothpaste is going back in. So when you say they've got to think about it. Who's they? I don't think we're going to see a return to stricter transfer rules. No, I think that there's got to be a happy medium between all sides, and it's got you know to make it livable. If it's draconian and they just say this is the way it's going to be, and we're not going to listen to anybody else's attitudes about it, then yeah, I think they'll say okay, fine. <laughs> Rocky, it's great to hear from you. You speak the truth when you say. You know, we we have not heard from you as often in this in the last fifty nine weeks as we right. used to because of I think just because things are different and things have changed in the COVID world we've been in. So we've heard less yeah. from you. You're out of your usual rhythm and pattern when it comes to the sure. Joe Beaver show, right? I mean, it's good to hear from you again. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, I'll tell you, I sure got excited during that March to the lead eight. <laughs> <laughs> that was some of the most fun I've had in a long, long time. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah. And it and, yeah. and there may be different players next year helping to lead another kind of run. Guys, you come in and maybe they don't stay long, but I, I still think in the course of a year, a year is long enough, like as the Beaver men's basketball team proved by the end of the year. Warith Alatiche, Rodrigue Andela, Maurice Kalou, people that we didn't know mm-hmm. a whole heck of a lot about before became very important to us. I still yep. think a basketball season is long enough to yeah. create that bond year to year to year, well, even I, if I'm the players so, change. So. Yep. Okay, guys. Thanks, Rocky. Good to hear from you. Let's take a final break, and we will speak of Terrell Lowry when we come back, and I hope we can get him on the show tomorrow. Josh Warden's making an effort. Sounds like an interesting guy out of LMU. Baseball and hoops. We'll talk about that in wrapping up the first hour next, 1240 Joe Radio. Stargazer Premier Florist knows flowers are a beautiful way to make mothers feel loved and appreciated, especially now. And they're ready to help deliver them the best arrangement possible. Choose from Stargazer's wide selection of Mother's Day flower arrangements, and they'll deliver a beautiful, unique gift right on time. Stargazer is providing no-contact deliveries while maintaining cleanliness and health safety in the shop. So stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection of Mother's Day arrangements online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, located at 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. It's a party, and it's every Friday night at Highland Bowl in Corvallis. Thunder Alley! It starts at 9 and runs until 11. Check out the black lights. Plus, you can request a song and bowl to your favorite music. It's just 12 bucks a person, and that includes unlimited bowling, shoes, and prizes. Call now and reserve a lane. It's Thunder Alley! And it's every Friday night from 9 until 11 at Highland Bowl, North 9th Street in Corvallis. We set them up, you knock them down. Now.
now leading off for your tax and wealth management team, Paul Witzke, on deck, David Mendenhall, batting third, Robert Berry, and batting cleanup, Bill Heck. Come be part of their starting lineup. Whether you're looking to save money for college, retirement, or need advice on estate strategies, with 40 years in business, tax and wealth management has the experience you need to hit that grand slam. Visit taxandwealthmanagement.com and start your journey on the road to success. The thing about Terrell Lowry, and Josh is helping. Josh is back. He was gone last week. His brother got married in San Clemente, California. Mm-hmm. Whether below the Nixon estate, I don't know. On the beach, I don't know. But he got married in beautiful San Clemente, California. Josh and his family headed down, long drive down to the Southland. Josh is back. And Josh has gone to work on this because I just I don't have the time to try to track down. And Josh says he does have a little time. And we appreciate so many things that he has done and the efforts uh, to, to help us, to help the show. Still looking forward to all of the great work that he's put in for the series on Oregon State baseball history, the 2018 season and the entire history of the program. Should be tremendous material to listen to in your podcast world in the days ahead. But he did have time to try to track down Terrell Lowry. There can't be too many categories for this, John. Terrell was a freshman on the Loyola Marymount basketball team in 89-90. Okay. That went to the Elite Eight. And then he ended up being a prolific scorer, averaged 28 points a game for him like the next year or the year after that. Ended up getting a a chance to go to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, He agreed to play for the Nuggets uh, as a free agent on their summer league team when he came out of LMU. He was invited to the team's training camp that fall. This would have been around, I would guess, 93-94 right in there. So a very good basketball player, an Elite Eight player for LMU. But he was also a baseball guy, hmm. and he decided uh, to, to go all in on baseball. He graduated at LMU in 1992, spent five years in the minor leagues, but then after five years in the minors, makes his major league debut with the Chicago Cubs in 1977, uh, spends parts of three seasons in the major leagues. So the category of played in the Elite Eight, and Major League Baseball mm. is a small one, I bet. Yeah. I mean, college basketball, Major League Baseball, there's a goodly number of people in that category. But Elite Eight, mm. Major League Baseball, not many. No. And he began uh, work with his wife in Sacramento, New Horizons, foster care, placing children in foster homes, providing counseling. Hope to get him tomorrow. This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And- UID 1240 Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with Your Money Now. Not a whole lot of movement by stocks today. The indexes are narrowly mixed right now. The Dow Industrials up 24 points. The S&P 500 essentially uh, flat. The Nasdaq Composite, meanwhile, is down 40 points. Another big jump in consumer confidence, thanks largely to the latest round of economic stimulus sent to many Americans, plus the rapid rollout of vaccines. The Conference Board's April Consumer Confidence Index jumped nearly 13 points from March to 121.7. That the highest it's been since February of last year, just before the pandemic hit the U.S. 
A contract dispute at Pittsburgh-based Allegheny Technologies looks like it could drag on for a while. ATI last week gave striking union workers a Monday evening deadline to accept the specialty metals company's latest contract offer or have it replaced with a lesser one. The union rejected the ultimatum, saying local presidents voted unanimously against taking the offer to its members for a vote. That's your money now. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-469-7272. That's 800-469-7272. 800-469-7272. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Is there ever a reason you wouldn't want to feel confident? <laughs> I didn't think so. At the Natty Dresser in downtown Albany, confidence is exactly what we want to inspire. When you wear quality clothing that fits you perfectly, you feel great and act with confidence. Don't just dress for where you are, dress for where you want to be. The Natty Dresser, purveyors of quality menswear on the corner of 2nd and Broad Alvin Street in historic downtown Albany. Dress well, be confident, find success. People are talking about Thai Express in Corvallis. Jim says, Love this place, my new favorite. Best pad thai I've ever had. And always fantastic service, too. Come and experience traditional Thai recipes with a sprinkle of new world creativity and customized to your taste. It's same, same, but different. Don't be shy. Give them a Thai. Thai Express, locally and veteran-owned on 9th Street behind Little Caesars in Corvallis. I'm Matt Vaskirgin with another little-known legend of sports. Pro golfer Hale Irwin is a three-time U.S. Open champ who's hit thousands of great shots during his career. The most unusual occurred during the 1973 Heritage Classic. Now, the shot in question wasn't a hole-in-one or a big uphill putt. Instead, it was a mishit drive that hooked wildly into a gallery of onlookers, striking a female spectator just below her neck. The drive dropped down into the woman's blouse and actually came to rest inside of her bra. Yikes. As the mild-mannered Irwin arrived at the scene, tournament officials scrambled to figure out what to do. Now, since the ball was unplayable, the rules called for Irwin to retrieve it from its resting place and drop it without penalty. The female spectator who was hit, however, opted to retrieve the ball herself, dropping it onto the rough at her feet. The unflappable Harold Irwin played on and eventually won the tournament. That's great golf, and that's another little-known legend of sports. I'm Matt Vaskirgin. Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that split second, her life changes forever. The toll of breast cancer is great. The need to support those who are battling the disease today is even greater. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. United by hope, we can end breast cancer. Join our fight. Save lives.
research shows that people remember radio ads with a booming voice that emphasizes all the main points. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. That part is super important. Here's one with a booming voice. I'm emphasizing everything. Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance. Like a page with every word highlighted. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Hello, are you ready? Are you ready? It's ready. Yes. Yes, it's ready. The Joe Beaver Show is on the air. Are you ready? Just like Donald Trump, Macho Man. I hope you're ready, brother. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready, Woodrow. You ready? Was born ready. Ready? No, I'm ready. Play. Ready. Was born ready. Always ready, John. John and Mike are ready with all manner of meaningful dialogue. Email, bits and bytes, tweets and texts. Oh, I see. You take care of both sides of the conversation. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, ladies and gentlemen, it's the joy. Beaver Show! There's never been anything like this. Refreshing, your greatest creation. Genius, work of genius. And there they go! We head into the second hour on the Joe Beaver Show. Nathan Schott, the head baseball coach at Loyola Marymount, will join us a little bit later in the hour. It is a pleasure to welcome, and with congratulations, and has... If we could, we can't see him. We would give him, as W.C. Fields received in the bank, Dick, a hearty hand clasp, <laughs> a hearty handshake for a tremendous uh, milestone, a moment, uh, something that's just beginning for Brian Holsinger with Montana as the new head women's basketball coach in a state he knows well. And it, it's a, an honor to welcome Brian in. Coach, thanks for making time in what I imagine is a whirlwind busy time for you and Stacy and your family, but also an exciting time too. Congratulations on becoming the head coach at Montana. Thanks for taking time for us. If you don't mind giving us a sense of what you've been doing since that, that great news and where you are and what's happening with you right now. But first of all, congratulations, coach. Well, thanks guys. I appreciate it. And you know, it's always fun talking to you guys. I always, I'm going to miss it. Actually, I'm going to miss it, but yeah, it's been it's been a little crazy. You know, I spent about five days up in Missoula after the announcement and did some press stuff up there and and then did some team meetings and trying to hire staff and I'm actually back in here in Corvallis right now just uh trying to get uh the house ready to sell mm-hmm. with my wife's doing a bunch of that and so you know, just a lot of things in transition that take time and, and trying to prioritize and moving moving right along though, doing doing really well. Your relationship with Stacy, I've read some stories and articles. It's it's a it's a, a great one, and so she's doing a lot of that work behind the scenes. How old are your kids now, Brian? Uh, old enough to kind of know, hey, things are going to be a little different than they have been lately. Yeah, for sure. They're ten, eight, and six. Okay. Brooklyn, Quinn, and Kellen, and and you know, especially Brooklyn. It, it, you know, at ten years old, you've made some friends, and I think it's been a little bit easier just because of COVID. To be honest, they haven't been school much, and mm-hmm. it's just been, it's been a little bit different, but. Still hard for Brooklyn. She was pretty involved in the soccer here, and so that's a little tougher. Um, the other two, they're just—they they don't know much yet. So <laughs> it's actually good timing for them. So that's that's good. And you know, Stacy, like I said, I you don't you don't do these kinds of jobs 
in general without an unbelievable supportive wife. I mean, it just doesn't happen. You know, she was a really good soccer player, and she gets it, and she played Division One soccer, so she understands. She's been unbelievable. This isn't the first time we've done this, <laughs> so right. she's, a, she's a veteran a little bit, and yeah, can't do it without her because I've been focused on obviously the things I have to get done to move the program forward. Brian Holsinger joining us, former associate head coach for the Oregon State women's basketball program, now the head coach at the University of Montana in Missoula. You have deep roots in the state, which you addressed when you were hired. I want to get to in a moment. But if you don't mind, when you talk about Stacy, your wife, as a Division I soccer player, it sounds as though the recruiting part of your life kicked in in your relationship with her when she was at Gonzaga and you were coaching at the Masters College in Santa Clarita, an NAIA school that you convinced Stacy to leave there and come join you yeah. where you were coaching. Could you tell us that story a little bit? <laughs> you do have the inside scoop, Mike. Jeez Louise, this is great. Um, you know, yeah, I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, if you get to meet her and you get to see her and you get to be around her, she is the best recruit of my life. <laughs> Without a doubt, it's not even close. And I'm, I, we've had some good ones, no question. But she uh, she was at Gonzaga and, yeah, convinced her somehow. I'm not sure, but she came down, <laughs> down to Southern California and we got married 10 months later. So it's been, we actually do, we just passed the 20 year mark in wow. January, 20 years of marriage. So it's worked pretty good. Yeah. Congratulations yeah, on that. And, what I find interesting, Brian, and, and these are things when we would have you on the shows through the years, we were talking more about the latest games or whatever was going on. And your own story is very interesting that I'm learning a lot that I wish we would have talked about a little bit more. But when you were at Santa Clarita, that was your first coaching job. When you, from what I understand, you were on a track in you know, pre-med, med school when you were at Western Washington, you had that originally in mind, right? You're studying biology and chemistry, preparing for medical school. What then happened? It's an interesting story in its own yeah, right. It's a, Basketball comes in. It's a great question. It's a great question because I just, you know, I have coaching in my family, and I always joke because my brother became an ER doctor, and I'm like, he's the smart one, and I'm the black sheep because I became the coach. But it's, uh, you know, it just, it was something I wasn't ready to go right back into school, and so I kind of just took it, took a little time and got an opportunity to to go and be an assistant coach at a low level, and I just fell in love with it. And so 22 years later, <laughs> you know, just you fall in love with things like that. Stacey and I both just really like impacting young people, and so we love hoops, we love sports. I love basketball. I'm super competitive. I want to win, and what better way to impact young women than to, than to coach? And so it kind of just fell into line in, in that, and, We've had lots of stops along the way that have prepared me in a lot of ways for this job, um, from being the head coach in, at Montana Tech to being at Washington State to being here, of course, um, under Scott. It's just prepared me for, you know, for what's next. So I'm excited about that. Brian, part of your basketball experience, though, and I just think about relationships and how certain decisions and where you end up going end up impacting profoundly the rest of your life. You did play a year of hoops at Pacific University in Forest Grove, then went on a European summer tour after that, if I'm reading the chronology correctly, and it was a coach in Europe who got the job or whatever at, at the Masters College in Santa Clarita that said, hey, yep. come, be, come, come join my staff. I mean, you had no idea probably when you went to Forest Grove, to Pacific, that all of this would begin to unfold. Yeah, oh, never, never. You know, and I loved it. My time there, I was only a year, but I loved my time up there. It's a great school, and, you know, I had a great experience. But, yeah, just, it just you, all these things kind of play. You know, everybody asks all the time, 
how do you get into coaching and how do you, and I'm like, you know, really, there's really no exact formula in a lot of ways. Just getting into coaching, you kind of have to have your own journey, and that was my journey. And I was fortunate to, you know, just kind of really enjoyed getting coached by this guy. And he, he was like, hey, I think you'd love coaching. Why don't you come down and just try it out before you end up going to medical school, which is what my plan was. And, and it's just kind of, it, it just kind of happened like that. And then everything from there kind of just, one thing after another, and, and I've been at amazing places uh, ever since. The year that you played at Pacific, 94-95, did you guys go to the playoffs? Uh, we didn't. No, we didn't. No. Okay, no. because... That, a good team. We were close. We were yeah. Right at, we, were right at the, we were close, but we did not. Yeah, that was one year where I actually did a Pacific playoff game. I don't remember the year, because that wasn't the year. Um, but did a playoff yeah. game on the radio, and then Rich Burke took over, and, and Rich or I would have both known you from calling one of your games, but it's not that small of a world. Okay, now back no, to... No, it is. In fact, Rich told me that. Rich has done our games, and so when he's come down to our games at Oregon State a few times, he's like, I could call a couple of your games. I'm like, yeah. This is a small world. Yeah, it, it really is amazing. So... You've gone through all of what it takes to grow and learn. Now, when you get the job, you get the job, you're moving, you're literally moving stuff into your office. What are you thinking as what your philosophy is going to be? What are you going to put up on the chalkboard for that first team? How's it going to go? Yeah, well, first and foremost, it's players. It's not, you know, you you got to have good talent. And that's, that's what, you know, obviously Scott's done an amazing job of getting good players here. And we've helped with that, obviously, but... But you got to have players. You know, ultimately, you you, you got to really analyze the roster. So my first order of business was just to meet with a team, you know, and, and kind of give them my vision. I watched a lot of film and a lot of them and said, this is what I want to do. And, you know, how do you fit in that? How may you may not fit in that? And so we've done that. And there's a good group of girls that, that will be around, and we're going to add some more pieces to that. But, you know, ultimately, it's very similar to what Scott's done here. You know, you kind of – kind of learned things along the way, and I learned some things from Drew Doherty. I learned some things from Ken Sugarman at the Masters College. I learned a lot of things from Scott Rook here. And so you just kind of piece things together, add your own twist to it. And, and you know, I don't know yet exactly how I'm going to do it this year. Um, eventually, it's just we're, we're trying to get high-character kids that want to compete, that are really talented. Um, Montana's a unique place in that the basketball history there is, is significant. And uh, it's really neat. One of the reasons why I was really excited about it is that Women's basketball matters in Missoula. The Lady Grizz matter in Missoula. It's important. They average 3,000-plus fans a game. You know, so I've come from a place also here in Corvallis that it matters. Um, women's basketball is important to this community. And so there it is, too, and I'm really excited about that. We're going to do the best we can to, to get really good players with high character and, and put them in position to be successful on the court. Have you uh, tapped into the minds of the Tinkles yet about the Missoula experience? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, Wayne. Wayne's been an unbelievable. Wayne and Lisa mm-hmm. have been an unbelievable resource for us. You know, Stacy called Lisa right away and said, "Who you recommend for for real estate? We think where should we live? What are the schools? You know, all those kinds of things that don't really think about. We have to move." And uh, and then Wayne, of course, has been awesome. Just really connecting me with people that are important there to him. That place is really special to that family. Um, it really is. The the place loves the Tinkle still. You find that out mm-hmm. very quickly. I'm always there. For their football game, they, they opted out of the season, but they did play two games, one against Portland State. Um, and so I was there for that football game on Saturday, maybe, maybe a weekend ago. But um, it's all kind of running together, to be honest. But, uh, 
yeah, I was there, and it's just really evident how important that family had, what they meant to that community. And so it's been really cool to pick his mind. And I will continue. When things slow down, I will continue to do that. And Wayne's yeah. so gracious all the time. Brian Holsinger joining us on the Joe Beaver Show, new head coach at Montana after a great run in the Oregon State women's basketball program. Coach, I, I mentioned the roots in the state. I, I think it's a, it's a funny line in A River Runs Through It with it. I'm not going to quote in its entirety because it's a little on the edgier side about the further you move away from Missoula, the more chance you have to run into to, to jerkish-type people. But the closer you get to Missoula, you've got salt-of-the-earth-type people, something along those lines by Brad Pitt yeah. in, in A River Runs Through It but a special place, right, Missoula, but the whole state. And you've got some deep roots there. Could you explain that to us a little bit, please? Yeah, so my, my you know, my grandfather taught and coached for 23 years in small towns all over Montana. Uh, my aunt and uncle on my dad's side, my dad's side of the family, they still live in Billings. And so, um, and then my dad was born in Lewistown, which is a small town in the middle of the state. Um, and so it's really special to, to my dad's side of the family. In fact, when I got the job, my dad is probably the most emotional. Just you know, my grandfather passed away a few years back, and and uh, their ashes are actually spread in a place called um, Crystal Lake. And he was a forest ranger up there for years and created all the trails and and, made, and built the cabin. And so I, it runs way back in my family. And then of course I spent two years in Butte as the head coach at Montana Tech. And you know Butte is the most unique place. And everything anybody who's from Montana is like you know a lot of things run through Butte. Um, it, it was one of the biggest, you know, towns west of the Mississippi way back in the mining days, and it's so unique, and the people are so special. There's been a lot of – it's a big sports town. And so that was a unique time. Um, I had a lot of people reach out to me when I got the job from there. And I'm like, buy your season tickets, get over here, you know, kind of thing. But they're just – they're great people. And so my time there meant a lot to me. Um, you know, Montana's a place that I think is a great place to raise a family. And so I'm excited for our kids to, to experience that, like like I have over the years since I was a kid. And um, Yeah, they'll get a chance to kind of see the things that their grandfather did, and we haven't been able to do that because they're kind of busy. Over there, so. Absolutely, absolutely. Brian Holsinger, our guest here on the Joe Beaver Show, new head coach at Montana. When you think about recruiting and bringing kids in, what is the footprint? I mean, is it the entire world? Or is it Montana kids? Who, how do you go about that? Because this will be new for you, at least in the leadership of trying to, you know, recruit and keep a team going. Yeah, I mean, the first thing is the staff. One of the unbelievable qualities of Scott is that he surrounds himself with really good people. You know, Katie, Katie uh, Faulkner, Jonas Chatterton. I mean, all the people in the office are just unbelievable people. So, First thing is you got to get a staff that's behind you and sees your vision in recruiting. I mean, that's the main thing. And then you kind of see who has the connections. And, you know, I just hired a, 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 a former staff member named Jordan Sullivan, who is a former Lady Grits player. Um, she was on the last team to win two Big Sky titles. And she played professionally. And she happens to be Robin Selby's niece as well. <laughs> but she's there, and she's fantastic. She's so good. And so I'm excited to just pick her brain. And, of course, I have connections in a lot of different places, which you've seen here at Oregon State and foreign and things. And we'll, we'll utilize everything. Montana has to be at that school. The program is really important to that, that state. And so Montana is a definite priority, without a doubt. We want to get the best players we can. They're going to help us win a big sky championship from the state. And then we'll go anywhere because um, we're looking for kids that fit what we want in our culture. And so it doesn't matter where they are, like you've seen here. You, you know, you see Yelena Mitrovic from Serbia, or you see – 
you see Tilia von Ohlhofen from the Tri-Cities. It's just you go where you have to and, and which fit they're talented and fit what you want to do. You've mentioned a couple of players, and as we close here in a moment, I have one other thing to ask you about the state of Montana and where you're going back to and the roots there, Coach Brian Holsinger, our guest. We'll close with a thought about some of the players you have relationships and will for life with the people at Oregon State. Uh, we'll close on that note in a moment. But one other thing, you mentioned the snowy mountains in Crystal Lake, and I don't, are both of your grand, uh, grandparents' ashes spread there? I know you mentioned your grandfather. You lost your grandmother a couple of years back. Are both of them yep. there? I mean, is that something that the family did? They are, yes, mm-hmm. they are. And, you know, due to due to my my job, we couldn't get back to do that. Um, mm-hmm. My dad obviously was there, my mom was there, a lot of the cousins were there um, for my grandmother's um, spreading her ashes. But they were spread in the exact same spot in Crystal Lake, Montana, in this meadow, which is beautiful, by the way, if you ever get a chance yeah. to see there. But yeah. it's uh, it's an unbelievable place. And so they're both there. Um, and this is what I was saying is that it's, now I haven't had time to even go back. Mm-hmm. And so now I get to, you know, introduce my children to, like, hey, this is where your grandparents are, and this is where your grandfather built this cabin, and this is where you did the trails up to the ice caves. And mm-hmm. So those kinds of things are important to everybody, right? Even Scott. Scott's, Scott's here. His family's close, and that means a lot to him, and that's important to him. It's the same for me, same values. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian, congratulations on, on that, and we're really, really happy for you. You know, we see now that Coach Coach Ruick, who's done such an amazing job, you've been a big part of it. Katie was as well, and Katie Faulkner has moved on. So, so when you talk about you know putting a staff together, Scott's you know two great people in you and Katie that he's working on as well in that respect. When you think about your time here as uh, as an assistant in this program. What I mean, I know we don't have the rest of the day to talk about this, but if you could kind yeah. of capsulize it a bit to, to work in, uh, as a coach on this staff with these players and the relationships you've built, the community, when you talk about how special women's basketball is to this community, just what do you think about the, the five years you, you had here as the associate head coach? I mean, I'm so thankful. You know, I'm just, for everybody, this is an unbelievable place. It's, it's unique and and, and not just in our program, in every way, you know. I mean, Jonathan Smith, he was he, our kids played baseball together, and, and he was telling me he vacations in Missoula in the summer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, like, that feel is so is special about Oregon State. But the staff in general, I mean, Scott Rook gave me an opportunity that very few get, you know, and this place is this place is him and his values and what he's built. And then he's surrounded with people that, that he feels like can enhance that. And so – that's not going to change at all. I mean, he'll bring the same kind of people, and he'll surround these kids with unbelievable um, people that will impact them. And I'm so thankful. You know, we had a little banquet, and I got to talk a little bit and say say hi and buy the information, and it's emotional because you spend a lot of time, you put your heart and soul into something, and, and that's just the kind of person I am, and that's the kind of people that Scott wants here. And so it's a unique place, and I'm so, I learned so much. It's crazy. You know, I, I don't know. If I was this experience here, has probably prepared me to be a head coach better than any place I've ever been. And so I'm, I'm forever grateful for that and forever grateful. I mean, our staff worked so well together with Jonas and, and Katie and a lot of others, you know, Kendall and all those other people. But it's just, it's really, really a special place. And I can't thank everybody enough, and especially Scott. And when you think about, you know, you're, you're building a future and the future is now with you and the new, the new era in Missoula. But for Oregon State basketball fans, and coming through the year as strange and challenging as it was, I thought your team ended up finishing so strong. 
Ryan, and having a, a tremendous season persevering through what you did. Do you see a really bright future now for Scott and the Beavers going forward? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the 2022 class is coming in. We can't talk about them, but um, it's, I mean, it's one of the tops in the country. There, you know, There's already some commitments that are just going to keep this thing rolling, and they're high-character kids, and, and that's what the kind of people that we recruit. I mean, you've got a taste of Celia Von Olhausen. She's a fantastic player. You're going to get to see Greta Kampschroeder. She's really, really good. The new additions, you know, I, I, I know, um, I know them pretty well. AJ Marat and also uh, uh, Taya Adams. I mean, I know Taya for years, and those will be great additions. So things will continue as they are, without a doubt. Um, especially with Scott being the leader, it's what he does. And so I'm, I'm excited to see them going forward. It was a tough stretch last year, but like you said, this is what we do. This program kind of figures out a way, and when you have good people, you figure out a way to be your best at the end, and that's what Scott does. Brian, we really appreciate you making time back here for a little run to try to take care of some important business. Please be yeah. careful on the trails from grizzly bears and mountain lions. <laughs> yeah, I heard there was one on campus, close to campus the other day. It's going to be great. Ooh. Get your bear spray, right? Okay, <laughs> oh, yeah, do great. be careful, Brian. But congratulations to you, Coach. We're going to miss you, but really happy for you and Stacy and Brooklyn and Quinn and Kellen, we're, we're happy for you guys and hope that we can stay in touch through the years. We'll follow along with yeah. how, how with Gri- and you know, we'll, Grizzly We'll basketball. touch base again, we hope, down the road. But, Brian, thanks for making time for us, and congratulations to you and your family. Have a great run up there, and we'll be following you. Thanks for joining us again. Thanks, guys. Okay. We appreciate, I appreciate it so much, and you guys have been great. Anything I can ever do, just let me know. Thanks a lot, Brian. That's head coach Brian Holsinger, the head coach for the Montana Grizzlies, the head baseball coach at LMU will join us shortly. John, I've spent very little time in the great state of Montana. I've been to Missoula twice. That's Montana, Bozeman's Montana State. Never been there. I have. I called a game there, women's game. They come out in droves for women's basketball. I have seen, even though in the end it depresses me greatly, so I'm haunted by waters too, but I have seen the beauty of the film, A River Runs Through It, yeah. and the beauty of that whole area. Any Montanans who would say, okay, yeah, it's the best. I mean, yeah, Jonathan says he vacations up there. When Rome had Wayne on, Rome and Coach Tinkle talked about spending time in Montana and how beautiful it all is. Yeah. How beautiful is it? And as the character in uh, Hunt for Red October says after he got shot, I would have liked to have seen Montana. There you go. Any Montanaans in our midst, we'd love to hear from you. We're going to take a break. 497-5356. How glorious is it all up there? 1240 Joe Radio. You don't take your leisure time for granted, and a Yamaha, neither do we. Getting out on the water has never been so important to you and your family. That's why we've designed an innovative lineup of Yamaha Wave Runners for 2021, featuring an all-new VX series with integrated audio packages, the highly anticipated Superjet, and the new GP that sets the standard for enjoyment on the water. Get your new Yamaha Wave Runner at Power Motorsports in Sublimity, online at powermotorsports.com. COVID has changed a lot of things in our lives, and it can be hard for anyone. If you're struggling to cope, you don't have to go it alone. There's strength in reaching out. When you call the Safe and Strong Helpline, you can find support in your community. It's free and private, so your information won't be shared. Call 800-923-HELP to connect with someone who's ready to listen and who cares. That's 800-923-4357. 
We're stronger in community. Your locally owned and operated Oregon Qdoba Mexican Eats are happy to announce that their dining rooms are now back open from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. daily with limited contact carryout curbside pickup and third-party delivery options all available until midnight. So visit your closest Qdoba Mexican Eats or order online for lunch or dinner to enjoy a fast handcrafted meal prepared with fresh ingredients and innovative flavors. For that late-night craving, use the Qdoba app or order online at Qdoba.com. Udoba Mexican Eats, made fresh, always flavorful. Stargazer Premier Florist knows flowers are a beautiful way to make mothers feel loved and appreciated, especially now. And they're ready to help deliver them the best arrangement possible. Choose from Stargazer's wide selection of Mother's Day flower arrangements, and they'll deliver a beautiful, unique gift right on time. Stargazer is providing no-contact deliveries while maintaining cleanliness and health safety in the shop. So stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection of Mother's Day arrangements online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Flores, located at 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Not much stargazing last night, but a beautiful pink moon that oh, was yeah. uh, resplendent yeah, in the sky. That was I'm not sure whether there was heavy marine air over LMU or not, <laughs> whether <laughs> Coach Choate got to see it. We're looking forward. I'm calling the game remotely from Corvallis later today and hope that the live stream will give us the best feel and sense we can yeah. get and try to convey a radio play-by-play call. But certainly looking forward. I've never been to Page Stadium, the home of uh, the Loyola Marymount University Lions, and their head baseball coach, Nathan Choate, kind enough to join us on game day with a game at 6 o'clock tonight. Coach, good afternoon. How are you, and what kind of weather have you delivered for the Beavers and your own team tonight for this ball game? How you guys doing? Thanks for having me. I'll tell you what, it's it's a little colder than we're used to here in SoCal this time of year. So it's going to be about 65, 68 degrees right now. It's a little chilly. Uh, so I have a sweatshirt on, which we typically don't have. So I think we got a little Oregon State weather down there. Okay, well that's all right, Coach. I've never been. I've never been to Page Stadium. 39th season in this ballpark. I read about a blue monster. I read about a manual scoreboard. I hope to get a good look at it on your live stream, but could you just tell us a little bit about your ballpark, how it plays, dimensions, uh, the you know, just, the, I guess, a sense or feel for your yard? Well, you will definitely see it on the live stream. You can't miss it. Anytime they pan around the ballpark, you will definitely see the blue monster. Um, it is the same height and dimensions as the green monster um, in Boston. The only difference is it does not have the same length. It, it is not as long as, as the green monster in, at Fenway. Um, you know, at night, our ballpark plays a little bit bigger. It's pretty big in center. It's about 410. Um, you get a little bit of the marine layer coming in, and so the ball doesn't travel as much typically. Um, especially if you're not getting any wind, which I don't think we're going to get tonight. So it'll, it'll play a, a little bit bigger than normal. Dur- during the day, the ball can shoot out a little bit to right center field. Oh, okay. And you've been there long enough to have a feel for this. Uh, you, in fact, were part of, you were the pitching coach at LMU uh, when you went to the tournament in 2019 and became the head coach then the following year. You've had a lot of good baseball there through the years, Coach. W- what is the place and the importance of baseball at LMU through the years. I see some a lot of tournament success and teams going in the late 80s and early 90s to the tournament on a pretty regular basis. Give us a sense and a feel of the tradition and place of baseball at LMU. Yeah, there is a lot of history. Um, Dave Snow, when he was here, led uh, LMU to the College World Series in 1986. Um, that's kind of the gold standard. They, they won a lot of championships in the late 90s and, and early 2000s in the WCC. 
Um, and so there's a lot of really good players. David Fletcher, who's in the big leagues right now. Trevor McGill, who made his big league debut with the Cubs last night. Um, he, he pitched at LMU. So there's been a lot of really good coaches and a lot of really good players that have come through this program. And speaking of Trevor McGill, you know, I, don't, I know you didn't coach him, but when an, when an alum makes his debut and he got any struck out a couple of guys, I don't know much about his development and growth, but in preparing for the games with you for, from Oregon State's perspective, that was one of the first stories on your website. How much pride is taken at the university yourself? And are your own guys aware, hey, one of ours just made it to the big leagues and, and pitched well for the Cubs last night? Yeah, it's a huge deal. Um, I think Jason Gill, who was the, the previous head coach, and, and uh, Dan Rickaball, who was his pitching coach, did a great job of developing Trevor and getting him a shot to get to play professional baseball. Um, anytime somebody that has put on our uniform gets to the big leagues, it's a big deal. It shows that players from our program, if you do the right things, you get an opportunity to play professional baseball. And then just kind of see the reward at the end right there where he's pitching in the big leagues. There's not a lot of guys that can say that they played in a major league baseball game. So it's pretty exciting. Now that's that's awesome. Nathan Choate, head coach at LMU, joining us here on game day. We really appreciate your time. It's 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 unusual, but it's great. Um, I was noticing the schedule only four. This will be the fourth time that these two teams have played and the first time on anyone's ballpark because of others being neutral sites the beavers had only only played in their sixth game on friday night against uc irvine is that because where you guys are there are just so many teams you can play without ever leaving and ever getting on an airplane yeah there's just we have the great weather so a lot of people come to us and then there's so many schools in southern california that you can match up against that um you know obviously i have a ton of respect for oregon state and their program and i'm really excited that we get to play but there's just so many other options that are closer, right? And so it yeah. just it just doesn't seem to ever fit into the rotation. And this year, you know, Rich Dorman, I and mean, I know Rich. Rich became the pitching coach at Grand Canyon when I left Grand Canyon. So we have a relationship from that. Um, we, we start talking about scheduling um, with, with all the COVID stuff hit, and, and there were some changes being made, and it, it just – kind of lined up and, and really excited that we get to play tonight. Yeah, and there may be a future, I don't know, but there may be a future where you guys are invited to the surprise situation because um, there's always three teams that will come in and uh, take on Oregon State. Maybe there's a tournament down there that Oregon State will go to. Do you ever see a home-and-home, home, or is it just too easy too easy to stay, stay nope. in Southern California? We'd love to. We'd love to at some point. Um, you know, that's something I think – depending on, on how this week goes. And, you know, when you play teams, you get respect for how they play the game, regardless of wins and losses. You know, some programs, you know, really align on how they feel the game should be played. And so I think sometimes when you walk away, you go, hey, let's, let's get a home and home in the future. So we'd definitely be open to doing something like that. The head coach for Loyola Marymount, Nathan Choate, joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. When you say you have respect for Oregon State – I've got to ask you about early in your coaching career for Dave Serrano, if I'm reading your bio and the chronology of it correctly, you had an encounter with Oregon State and Mitch Canham and Darwin Barney in Omaha. What what can you tell us about that when you were on the staff at UC Irvine, uh, Coach? Yeah, we it was 2007, and, and I was an assistant coach for Dave Serrano at UC Irvine. And, you know, we were kind of the Cinderella team at that time in, in Omaha where nobody really saw us coming. We were playing really, really good baseball, and uh, we just ran into a team that was playing better baseball and, and obviously went on to, they went on to win a national championship. And um, so, like I said, I have a ton of respect for what has been built 
there over the years and the continued success, and I saw it firsthand. And in terms of your time at at UCI and making your climb, we're just coming away from from getting beat in a series there. As you know, the Beavers losing two out of three. There was a scrappiness and a toughness to that. And when I talked to Ryan Gibson and Mitch about you, there's a there's a Southern California baseball work ethic that UCI has. You guys have. I mean, I, I was impressed, Coach, with how relentless they were. You've played them enough to have a feel for that, too. Is that, I mean, is that the kind of baseball you like to play at LMU? Absolutely. Uh, ben Orloff was on that team in 2007, so I know Ben well. Um, one of the other players, Tony Asaro, that was on that team in 2007 is one of my assistant coaches. And so the ties in Southern California and that, that gritty baseball player, I think, I think you have to have that. There's so many options of where you can go. You need something that separates you. And so that's definitely something that we strive for. Um, ben has done a great job of getting those guys to, to play hard. And like you said, hard-nosed, gritty baseball, never giving away at bats, just fighting and fighting. Um, and, th- and that's obviously what, what we're trying to do here as well. Nathan, last couple of things. The head coach for LMU joining us. You've got a guy on your staff, and as I prepare a pitching staff, as I prepare to to watch you guys play and look forward to it. I'm not sure I look forward to number 24, Holden Christian, <laughs> coming into a game <laughs> based on the numbers that I see at 2-1, 13 appearances, 26 innings, 6 walks, 42 strikeouts. That's pretty good work, Coach. You, you've done a good job with him, obviously. What can, what can you tell us if, if we see him in the next couple of nights about this young man, Holden Christian? Well, he definitely will pitch either tonight or tomorrow. And, you know, he's a guy that has really developed since he's been here. Um, he's, he's really grown into his role and understands who he is. He, he, he's going to attack with a fastball, and he can really command his, his slider um, and has had a ton of success and is pitching with a lot of confidence right now. And, and he's had a great year for us. He, he got banged up a little bit against BYU. He was covering first and kind of tweaked his leg a little bit. So he missed a couple weeks. So we were fortunate to get him back. But, yeah, he, he's super competitive. He's been tough on everybody that we faced. I think against Portland, he, he struck out 10 in 3.1 innings. So um, he, he, he's, he's having a great year for us. Yeah, that is – we look forward. I mean, that's it, it'll be a, a tremendous opportunity if, indeed, he gets in a game – uh, you know, for Oregon State to see an elite arm, no doubt. And I know you have enough respect for Oregon State baseball to know that your guys are probably pretty psyched about this. As competitive as you are and the great teams you do play, is there an excitement level when Oregon State comes into your yard? No question. Uh, you know, we play UCLA and USC a lot, like, like you talked about earlier. We don't get to play Oregon State very often, especially at home. And this is the first game all season that we are allowing fans into our ballpark. So I definitely think there's going to be some electricity, some excitement by our guys um, having their parents and some local fans watching the game. And then obviously the opponent on the other side having such a quality opponent at, at our place. It's going to be exciting. Coach, uh, in, in the respect to the stream that I look forward to calling the games off of, the, you must use those when you go back. You use the stream that you've recorded without putting too much pressure on students who are doing the best they can, do you feel like it's a pretty good stream that gives you a pretty good look at, at, at angles and following the ball, et cetera? I, I do. I think they, they've done a really good job with their production crew this year. And, you know, as, uh, as our other sports have wound down, we've started to get some more manpower at our games to do an even better job. So I think you guys will be pleasantly surprised with the production quality tonight. When you're full, how much does your ballpark hold? 
about fourteen, fifteen hundred. Okay. And then there's a there's some space down the line where a bunch of people like to stand. Um, so not really accounting for those. Coach, the last thing, and that is just in, in building a program now, you were part of a team that went to the tournament just two years ago as the pitching coach and now trying to build yourself back to become uh, as Coach Snow had and, and other you know, coaches have had. What is your separator, your philosophy, your facilities, your location, your ballpark at LMU? There's kids all over the Southland, as, as we well know. But what are you doing in the early stages of building the program to get the message out about what you have to offer at Loyola Marymount? Yeah, obviously, the, the, the degree and the opportunity kind of speak for itself, but I do think it's about the people and the people that they're going to surround themselves with, like-minded individuals that have similar goals and dreams. And then our, our schedule, you know, we're going to LSU next year. We played, we played, I think this is going to be our 20th or 21st Pac-12 game this year. Um, I mean, we've played as many Pac-12 games as anybody in the country. So I think the, the ability to challenge ourselves and see what the best programs in the country look like and what they're doing, and then to obviously try to emulate them and build off of that. Yeah. You've played more Pac-12 games than the Beavers have at this point, <laughs> Yeah, if that's the case. So, hey, Coach, uh, it's nice to meet you. I wish we were there in person to be able to do it at your ballpark. But we look forward to watching all of the uh, the aesthetics of your ballpark in our first experience ever there. We really appreciate you making time for us today on our show. Good luck, not too much, but have a great couple of days. <laughs> and we hope to cross paths someday again, Coach. Thanks for joining the show. Appreciate it. Thanks. Have a great night. Thank you. Nathan Choate, head coach at LMU. Very nice. Very nice. Let's break and come back. What about Montana, Doc? See, you know, the problem in being in Missoula twice, just it's beautiful campus. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's the it's the it's the it's the glory of the, the beauty of the state. Right. That people when I hear yeah. Crystal Lake, snowy mountains at Crystal Lake. Yeah, I mean, come on, that's got to be just flat out oh, about yes. as beautiful as anything can get. I think I think there's a lot of famous, you know, people, Hollywood people who have homes in Montana. So if anybody wants to sing the praises of Montana, since we had Brian Holzinger or uh, LMU Loyola Marymount, we're making an effort to try to get Terrell Lowry on, a LMU alum who played Major League Baseball and in the Elite Eight for Paul Westhead on that amazing. Hank Gathers, Bo Kimball, 89-90 club. I would want to emphasize, and I think Josh in reaching out to Terrell, we would not make it about if Terrell honors us by coming on the show to talk about what he's done subsequently after a Major League Baseball career and establishing New Horizons foster care in Sacramento. Uh, we would not. He, it's been written about so many times. He was the one that threw. Terrell threw the last lob pass mm. to Hank. And Hank gathered it and Hank dunked it. And then moments later collapsed in front of Tom Fergoso and the University of Portland bench and perished on the court at Gersten Pavilion in the 89-90 season. That story's been told in movies. It, it, the story itself is just... Uh, no, he doesn't want to talk about no, that. No, and he's talked about it often. He just yeah. says those are... Yeah, he was on the court when that happened. Yeah, it's awful. And I would want to talk to him about playing both sports at LMU, being on that great team, and, yeah. and the style of play with Paris Steamer and Jeff Fryer and, and Bo and Hank and just the way they played. Just what One that of, was like. Yeah. That was the, the commitment you had to have physically mm -hmm. yeah. to play in that style under Coach Westhead. <laughs> and what they captivated the country that year in going yeah. to the Elite Eight. It was an amazing style of play. It was uh... – 
You know, it was one that was emulated and tried, and it was crazy. <laughs> it really was. I liked it. We don't I care liked if you watching score, it. We want to score. Right. I liked watching it. And we'll score more often than you do. No, and, and they didn't mind if other teams scored, but as odd as – I mean, I honestly believe they're trapping defenses. They would send three guys just because they'd, they'd run – after they made a basket, yeah. they're running two or three guys. The guy receives an inbound pass. They could turn you over a lot, too. Now, if you if you handled that, right, right. you could get layups at the other end, and a lot of teams did, but they just took it out of the net, came back, shot another three. They and, were way ahead of the and game. And didn't you call a game like that, West Albany and yes, Wilson? Yes, West the, Albany in the and Wilson game. in the following year, 91, yeah. Dean Roberts. And uh, Tyson Grum. Damon Stoudemire? Yeah, uh, For Wilson. Yes, Yes, and Wilson said, okay, we can play this way, too. <laughs> and they did. It was a high-scoring game. J.D. veteran Tyson eventually succumbed. But I love watching yeah. that style. I really did. It was unorthodox as can be, but fun to watch. And Terrell was part of that. And then a Major League Baseball player. That's pretty good. That is good. Let's break and come back, wrap up the show. Dave, Do we have, uh, who do we got on um, the fan? Paul, sorry. Okay, hang on, Paul. We'll come to you next. 1240 Joe Radio. Locally owned and operated for over 30 years, Corvallis Floor Covering would like to thank their many friends and customers for your continued support and looks forward to working with you on your next remodeling project. Stop by and see Wendy, Robin, or Brian and check out their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, vinyl, laminate, tile, wood floorings, and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go beef. Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Go Beavs. This is Mike Parker for Evenflow Plumbing, your trusted award-winning plumber for the Mid-Valley. Evenflow specializes in complete plumbing and drain cleaning solutions for residential and commercial jobs. They treat your home like it's their home, and their flat rate pricing means no surprises at the end of the job. Evenflow takes pride in doing the job right the first time. Just call 541-738-8853 for all your plumbing needs. When you need a pro, go with the flow. Evenflow Plumbing. Is there ever a reason you wouldn't want to feel confident? (laughs) I didn't think so. At the Natty Dresser in downtown Albany, confidence is exactly what we want to inspire. When you wear quality clothing that fits you perfectly, you feel great and act with confidence. Don't just dress for where you are, dress for where you want to be. The Natty Dresser, purveyors of quality menswear on the corner of 2nd and Broad Alban Street in historic downtown Albany. Dress well, be confident, find success. Happy with your job? Looking for more than just a job? Build a career with Antec. Enjoy competitive pay, full benefits, health insurance, 401k, tuition reimbursement, and much more. Antec is growing and wants you to be part of their team. From welders, electricians, and CNC machinists to HR generalists, accounts payable specialists, and more. To see a complete list of all available positions and job requirements, visit Entech.com under the Employment tab. That's E-N-T-E-K.com or call for more details. Entech is an equal opportunity employer. 
Have you tried to trade in or sell your RV? Was the offer from the RV dealer embarrassingly low? Guarantee will give you $500 if we can't beat any Oregon dealer's written offer on your late model RV in good condition. My name is Tanya and I live in Harrisburg. We used our trailer a few times last fall and it was just too small for our family. Guarantee made us a good faith offer for our RV that we couldn't refuse. Now we have the perfect RV and the kids love the bunk beds. Trailers, fifth wheels, toy haulers, motorhomes, they all qualify for cash for campers my name is chet and i live in eugene guarantee made it so easy they picked up my old rv and swapped it out for a brand new one with plenty of storage and a beautiful new kitchen uh, they even paid off my existing loan text sell my rv to 55678 for special offers or visit guarantee.com that's sell my rv to 55678 guarantee rv here to help you sell or trade your rv with no hassles and no gimmicks we head down the stretch That's on the airplane. Joe Beaver show. It's an airplane. Is it an aeroplane? Yeah. Aeroplanes. They've got aeroplanes. Why <laughs> did we stop saying aeroplanes? That's I, a good question. Because you still see it in television and the yeah. films in the 60s. And the Milton spelling. Burrell espies Sid Caesar and Edie Adams in It's a Mad, Mad, Mad. <laughs> and he looks at aeroplanes. Yeah. They're going to have aeroplanes. Oh, okay. And then it became air, A-I-R. <laughs> Let's go to uh, Paul on the Downward Dog phone line, and then Dave is on deck. So we close with a pretty good one-two punch, Jacob Melton and Ryan Ober-esque of late. So I guess this would be Jacob first, leading off. Hey, Paul, go ahead. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Hey, Mike, John. Hey, uh, yeah, I think everybody should go to Montana. You can definitely see things that you don't see anywhere else, like uh, – you know, a, a nice golden eagle stands three feet tall next to a roadkill, you know, on top of the mountain pass. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, the wildlife is unbelievable. Plus, like the snow-capped mountains that uh, Brian Holsinger mentioned, you know, I mean, it's it's a whole different type of mountains than here in Oregon and even the, uh, the Rockies in Colorado. I mean, it's just such a, a beautiful uh, state, and there's... A lot of prairies, you know, almost uh, high plateau-like stuff, too, in eastern Montana. So I think everybody should drive there and go and see what the state looks like. Is Bozeman and Missoula the places of of the two bigger colleges? Are they at a higher elevation? Is who at a higher elevation? Missoula and Bozeman. Are they? Yeah. Yeah, they're both. They're both somewhere around 4,000 feet, oh. you know, some, somewhere in that area. And Missoula actually sits in a in a valley there along the Clark Fork River, so it's it's kind of surrounded by foothills. Yeah, I, I've only been there on short basketball trips without much time to see. It's in the dead of winter, too, yeah. in both occasions. But I just remember thinking, yeah, this is pretty nice, and the Brad Pitt line ringing in my ears from a river runs through it. But it sounds like a great place to go, and Brian Holsinger clearly appreciates the fact that he's gotten an opportunity to be the head coach there. Well, yeah, and it sounds like he's going home, too, so he should feel right at home. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Paul, for that. Uh, good to hear from you. Let's close with Dave. We haven't heard from Dave for a while. I David, it's nice to have you back on from Tumwater on the Joe Beaver Show. Thanks for joining us. What's on your mind today? Thanks, fellas. Well, it's good to be back, Mike. As you know, I've been a little distracted yes. up here, but everything's settled down. Glad to, 
Glad that's the case, and good to chat with you good. fellas again. Um, uh, I'm going to be taking a trip through Montana in June on my way to North Dakota, where a friend of mine's got a book launch coming up, and so I'm looking forward to that trip. Like Paul was saying, it's it's just a fabulous place. I mean, uh, one of the things about the mountains, the structure of the mountains there, is that they're not as heavily forested as, for example, they are in Oregon or Washington, uh, or especially in northern Idaho, where it's just almost like a carpet. Uh, but but in Montana, you can get a distant view of them, and they're not, uh, because it's a more arid state, uh, and an odd sort of visual effect, you have you have a greater perspective on them than, than you might otherwise. And, and the rivers, of course, are, are fabulous. I have a lot of great memories. My stepsister lives there near Great Falls. The last time I saw my father alive uh, was in the state of Montana. I mean, here's a guy, I'm referring to my father now, who until he married my stepmother to visit my stepsister, had never been farther west than the state of Michigan, and that was the last place I saw. Mm. I've got a lot of memories of the place, and uh, it's just a glorious uh, spot Mm -hmm. on earth, and I'm looking forward to seeing it again. But my main reason for calling was to pick up on something Rocky said about this time an hour ago. Because uh, if I can interpret his theme, it's that college athletics, I mean, they're, they're kind of at, at an interesting pivot point where fan, it, with the combination of circumstances, including most prominently of late, the pandemic. But fan interest is at an interesting pivot point where it could go either way. And Mike, I don't know if you saw it yesterday, but there was a column in the Wall Street Journal by Andy Kessler, which had very little to do with athletics, but did in this one respect. It was an, it was an essay on negative feedback loops and something that strained his credulity. As a columnist was the thought that, and I'm just quoting from it, I clipped out the article, that consumers want the schools to pay their workers nothing. Now, that's put rather harshly, and personally, I have no objection if an Adley Rutschman wants to get a gig on KEJO selling glass panes or automobiles or plumbing services mm-hmm. or touting a bowling alley or somebody's book, for that matter, <laughs> uh, just, just, to, just to give a few examples. But if the colleges get in the business of paying athletes, it's going to it's going to raise a whole sort uh, just a whole host of future inequities. I'll just give you a couple of examples. Are quarterbacks going to get more money than linemen? They do in the NFL. Are starters going to get more than the second and third stringers? They do in the NFL. Are men going to get paid more than women? I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Of course, the big court case is coming, and Kessler, the essayist, was quoting Kavanaugh, who couldn't believe that if they paid their athletes, no one would watch. Mike, I'll just say it outright. If I want to go see professional sports, I can go to Seattle and watch it to my heart's content. I like collegiate athletics because it is amateur sport. And I just say, and my contributions, my season ticket holdership, it's gone if that becomes a quasi-professional outcome. I, why, why pay for a watered-down product when you can get the real thing up in Seattle? So I just hope the court rules judiciously on this. I'm not, I'm not optimistic in that regard. We'll probably be paying athletes. 
But I'm just going to say, just like the nationalization of football that has wrecked modern football as we know it, that will pale in comparison to what will happen to modern collegiate athletics if the colleges and universities start outright paying athletes. Images and likeness is fine. Anything beyond that, modern collegiate athletics is doomed. Even, Dave, let's just say for argument's sake that somehow, some way, a model of some sort is crafted that, that has a flat rate, so to speak, that, you know, the, 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 that all student-athletes get X, including the lineman, including the volleyball player, including so-and-so and so-and-so. I don't know where, how this all gets paid for, but that is just a flat-out, in a sense, almost an addendum to the cost of living or whatever else. Would that construe professionalism in your mind if some, some sort of flat rate for everybody was applied? Here's my rejoinder, Mike. You and I both know, and I say this collegially, as observers of the modern world, we both know that's not the way the world works. Mm -hmm. It might start out that way, but the inequities will pile on inequity, and the case will be made that some need more than others, and it'll just be a torrent uh, of cascading consequences that will, that will just be an absolute nightmare to, to administer, and, and I just fear it will ruin mod, modern college athletics. Like I said, Image and likeness, I can live with it. I think that is unfair. Yeah. They shouldn't be selling jerseys uh, uh, in, the, in the college bookstore with somebody's name on it where that athlete's not getting paid. That's different. But when you put people on the payroll, yeah. I think it's a, it's a bridge too far, not to coin a phrase. And I just think it'll change the, the arrangement uh, irreparably. And I, just, I think we'll all rue the day when we cross that bridge. Dave, great to hear from you. Glad uh, glad you're in a position to be able to call us again. That's good news. Thanks for taking time for us, and hope we can talk again soon. Thanks, Dave. Take care, guys. Now, all of that is interesting. Rocky, <clears throat> Dave, I mean, it, well, you've talked about unintended consequences, just what it's all going to mean for the interest of the fan in college sports. Again, I say it's going to change the next 10 years. I, I'd like to you know, jump ahead 10 years what will we be talking about on the Joe Beaver show? <laughs> Probably a bridge too far by Sir Richard Attenborough. What kind of film it? What did you think of Sean Connery's performance? That's probably what we'll be talking about. No, in we'll 10 be years. talking about you where to get your next walker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could use one right about and now. my hip yeah. replacement surgery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Dave's right. Rocky's right. I don't know where we're going with it all, but well, I sense from both of those longtime fans that their own interest and love for collegiate athletics would change dramatically yeah. if it if it approaches professionalism. Yeah, and you, we talked about this off the air briefly, but there's already a concern about high school kids because there's so many in the transfer portal. Many of the coaches aren't even turning their heads to the high school kids anymore. There was an article on that. Hey, hey, hey don't forget. There are some high school kids you could recruit to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unintended consequence, yeah. of course. Yeah. In the meantime, I'm going to head over to Reeser Stadium and get ready to call the I stream, can't wait. live stream with the Green Monster. The monster was part of Duffy's Cliff when they built the ballpark before, the, I think, Fenway Park and the Titanic. They, they come together in the history of the world about the same dates yep. in 1912. We have Green Monster Baseball tonight, 5.30. Thanks for joining us.
Okay, play.